Hi everyone, uh, welcome to ELI, the place where you get your daily dose of inspiration for entrepreneurship. And today we have with us uh, Mr. Chandan Mahajan, who is the co-founder and chief product officer at Dot Connect, uh, which is an experiential uh, commerce platform uh, which helps uh, D2C brands to grow organically. Hi Chandan, welcome to ELI. Hey Priya, good to be uh, talking to you today. Uh, I would uh, like to start with your introduction. Why don't you introduce yourself to our audience, please? Sure. So again, my name is Chandan. Uh, I live in New Jersey currently, but uh, originally I'm from India, uh, from a town called Chamba in Himachal Pradesh. Uh, I was born and brought up there, uh, did my education all over India between Chandigarh uh, and Delhi, and then uh, you know started my career in media, uh, mm-hmm. working in Delhi and Hyderabad before I moved to the US 17 years ago. Okay. Uh, tell us a bit about Dot Connect. Uh, what it is about? What is the venture and what is the product? Sure. So Dot Connect, um, you know, came to life uh, in the middle of the pandemic in 2020. Uh, what Dot Connect is? It's uh, we call it a growth ecosystem built for consumer brands, and uh, we have started on this journey with a experiential commerce platform. Uh, you know, which is purpose built for consumer brands, right? The CPG companies, consumer brands, and all the digital native companies. Because what we realized was, uh, you know, over the years, while the commerce systems have seen evolution, um, you know, but most of them were either built for very small enterprises or SMB segment, or they were built for the large uh, retailers or large corporates. Um, And, you know, over the last couple of years, we've seen a a huge uptick in uh, digital commerce, which has also created an opportunity for a lot of new brands to come in, right? Which traditionally don't use the retail or the marketplace route. Mm-hmm. And we've seen a lot of challenges for these brands to grow because they don't have the right kind of tech- technology stack which was built for their business model, right? So right. all of them have been struggling using platforms that were built for a, a completely different segment. And they've been trying to force fit their business model into it. So what we realized was that, you know, uh, with how things are evolving, these brands deserve better. And that's how, uh, you know, we got to thinking about uh, creating something, uh, you know, meaningful for them. Uh, speaking of the platform, can you uh, help us understand what are the different modules inside the platform or in other words, from consumers, uh, from customers point of view, what uh, a typical D2C brand can do on your platform? Sure, sure. See, so, um, you know, it's important to first understand how brands have been trying to grow so far. Uh, what is changing and how we are trying to solve this problem in a very different and a unique way. So if you see so far, you know, for most of the digital brands, a typical model of growth has been to acquire a a more like a very black, you know, kind of a boxed commerce platform. It could be a Shopify, it could be some of these kind of platforms, right, where which are very easy to adopt, don't require a lot of, uh, you know, significant technical capability. Uh, Start your business and start to, you know, grow your business on them. And then brands would typically use a lot of performance marketing to you know, grow their business. Right. Now, you know, with privacy laws becoming more stringent, uh, you know, with the uh, competition becoming higher you know, for the, the digital ad dollars, and you see right, a lot of retailers and ad tech companies are becoming more of advertisers you know, right. online. So with that, what has happened is the competition for brands has grown up, uh, which also means uh, that you, know, you need to uh, put more efforts and more dollars to get the uh, the eyeball of that viewer 
Mm. And second is the performance marketing, you know, is losing its effectiveness because of privacy, because of third party cookies going away. Right. So, you know, that has started to become a big challenge for brands. So, um, and so far in the old model, what brands were really doing were they were trying to just on the back of a commerce platform and performance marketing, they were growing their business. And which we all know that when you are trying to compete with a large scale and efficiency of a large retailer or a large marketplace, it's not easy because a lot of these brands are very small with limited means. They really cannot go head on with larger players. Right. Um, what we realized was for these brands to grow organically, which means not completely depending on growth on performance marketing or just a tech stack, they have to focus more on being great on content and great on community, right? So what we truly believe is that for a brand to win, differentiate and grow sustainably, it has to be a right balance of content, community and commerce. Now, the while everybody you know uh, agrees with this statement, the fun thing is if you see uh, Priya, from a technology perspective, it is super hard to implement and super hard to integrate, right? Because the way the world works right now is you have a lot of commerce platforms, you have a lot of content platforms, and you have a lot of community platforms, right? right. These are different partners, siloed technologies that many brands struggle to bring together to create one unified experience for their customers, right? So that's what we are trying to solve as, as .NET, where when we say we are building an experiential commerce platform, we are basically building a, you know, a framework that will integrate all of these siloed uh, products you know, through one convergent experience. Uh, and you know, and it will be a composable UX, which means that you know, uh, in the concept of headless commerce, it basically will give brands the ability to craft their own unique uh, you know, identity and a unique experience and you know, give them the flexibility to you know, continue enhancing the tech stack as they grow through the journey. Okay. Uh, how does it work? Uh, can you tell us, uh, because you rightly mentioned that content community and commerce, it's very hard to integrate their silo technologies. Uh, I think Facebook and other social media networks, they have tried to mix uh, content with community to some level, um, but not commerce. Uh, can you tell us how are you approaching this? Yeah, see, uh, if you see uh, right now, and you, you're right, where uh, there have been some attempts, but problem is uh, the experience end of the day starts to, uh, you know, get broken. Uh, there are a couple of good examples. So if you see, uh, important to understand how uh, this problem is being solved right now. So there are quite a few good examples out there with D2C brands who've been able to, to a, a great extent, been able to solve this problem. But the only way this problem can be currently solved is through a lot of custom development, right? So a lot of these brands, have had to build a fairly significant uh, size of technology team in-house, or they had to go out and find the right kind of uh, SI partners out there. Uh, in both the cases, you're talking about a lot of money to be spent, right? Because obviously it requires a significant team, uh, you know, to be uh, created, whether in-house or through a partner. It obviously requires a significant budget, and of course the time to market, right? And with the kind of tech talent shortage that we are seeing across the world right now, uh, that is becoming a big challenge for a lot of companies. So what we're trying to do is basically productizing that experience or that capability, which otherwise can only come, you know, from a system integrated effort or from a very customization right now, because it does not really exist in a framework that can enable it for uh, anyone, right? Um, the problem in this case would be, just to give an example is, if you were a, today a brand and you are trying to move your 
positioning from being a very commerce-led brand to a more of a content-driven brand, which means that if somebody were to come to your website today, you're not just trying to throw offers at them uh, and just highlight your hero product and expecting they will sell or they will just subscribe, right? Now, mm -hmm. some customers may, uh, there are fewer of them, right? When they already know what they want to buy, but some people who are just in their discovery phase of their journey, they don't want to get overwhelmed with too many products and just offers. And unfortunately, what has happened is with the way commerce platforms have been built most of the time, uh, you know, they have been built to just create, uh, take a catalog online and implement promotions, implement offers and all that, right? And unfortunately, a lot of the D2C brands have also used the same template coming from these commerce platforms, right? Where uh, most of the brands feel that, okay, if I create my .com site, a very fancy looking website, put my catalog there, you know, give them a 10% offer, a free shipping and all that. And, you know, then, and do a lot of Facebook ads that should pretty much help me acquire customers. Now, you know, of course you can drop your prices and acquire customers, but the big question is, will you be able to retain those customers? And, you know, how can you continue driving this behavior every time? Because you're, you're, you know, you know, it's a leaking bucket at the end of the day, right? You're losing a lot of margin. So the, so the, so the right way that we believe to do this is, if you uh, can make content the hero of your story rather than just the commerce surprising, right? Which means that, you know, um, understand what the user is looking for. So rather than trying to start by selling them something, start by engaging and understanding their need and give them the right kind of insights, right? Because, uh, you know, we all have seen it in our examples where, um, you know, if you start to get the right kind of insights and advice, you tend to attach yourself to that particular person or entity or brand more than somebody who's just trying to use your time to sell you something. Right, right. Uh, would be curious to know where do we stand as a venture in terms of uh, uh, are we uh, product market fit yet? Uh, what is the kind of traction we have been seeing and any numbers you would like to share? So we are uh, we're currently in a sales mode up here. Uh, although we, the company started uh, one and a half years back, we are a revenue generating profitable from day one company. Uh, we have a team of around 20 people now. Um, see what we've done is, uh, and you know, uh, I think it'll be important for your viewers also to understand, yeah. um, you know, both me and my co-founder and friend Diraj, uh, you know, we both started the company. We started this company after 20 years in this industry. So between both of us, we have uh, two decades each of experience in the global retail, e-commerce and technology industry, right? So we have worked in North America, Europe, Middle East, Asia Pacific. Um, and the idea was that, uh, you know, we had a couple of thoughts that one, uh, we had acquired a lot of knowledge and insights and experience, you know, working with large tech services companies, management and strategy firms, as well as uh, business operations or business process, uh, you know, consulting companies. So the idea was, how could we, uh, you know, gather the experience and the insights that we have received and put them to better use? Mm -hmm. uh, and of course, and also while fulfilling, uh, fulfilling our own dream of becoming entrepreneurs and end of the day, helping the community, right? So that's, that's how the idea, uh, you know, came was. Um, so, you know, while, while we had a lot of experience, we did not just wear the hat saying that, okay, we, we know everything, right? Because it's all about constant learning. So we have spent a good amount of the last 12 to 14 months uh, understanding this space at a very deep level. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the D2C industry, how it has evolved so far, what is changing and how it will evolve in the future. Like what kind of capabilities brands will need, what kind of challenges they're very likely to come across, uh, you know, that they have to face. 
and what kind of partnerships would make sense for these brands, right? That will enable them to grow organically and under, you know, scale uh, because challenges will come, right? Privacy, technology, uh, automation, consumer behavior changes, you know, uh, every time in this industry, right? So you have to really keep up. Uh, so you can't say that you've arrived at a point, right? Because the moment you feel you've arrived, things around you will start to change dramatically and you have to keep uh, innovating. So we spent a good amount of last 14, 15 months talking to over 100 brands globally. Uh, we talked to a lot of uh, tech companies, lot to, talked to a lot of partners and a lot of our advisors. And based on that, we were able to come up with a, you know, a thesis, which we believe is, uh, you know, is the right kind of platform uh, to enable. So we're building that platform. It will be launched in the next, uh, you know, two months or so. Uh, you know, in terms of traction, can't give you exact numbers right now, unfortunately, but uh, we have a very healthy list of brands that we're working with between North America and Southeast Asia, including India, uh, you know, who will be uh, launching on our platform as well. Uh, so overall, uh, very excited about the uh, traction so far, uh, super stoked about uh, the kind of interest we have seen from the D2C community, um, both the customers and partners, and and the road ahead for us okay um i think uh, in india d2c is one hot topic in the uh, founders and entrepreneurs community because a lot of new d2c brands are coming up every day and they're doing well also so they're pretty successful ventures and d2c seems to be a very very nice thing to start because there is a high chance of success. So can you tell us why D2C is on a rise as per you? And what are the different trends you have been absorbing in the D2C market? Sure. See, the couple of factors that I think are playing, you know, just a, you know, a perfect storm brewing for D2C industry. Right? See, one, as consumers over the years, uh, see, we, you know, everybody likes choices, right? But growing up, especially in the consumer goods category, I'm sure you can count on your hand the number of brands you had access to when you were growing right. up versus the last couple of years, right? So if you needed a soap, you knew there were just a couple of soaps that you can get, right? Same for chocolates or you know any other categories, right? Or fashion for that matter, mm -hmm. uh, you know? So I think one, from a consumer standpoint globally, it is a great thing to have more options, right? Uh, you know, because one, it is a healthy competition uh, so it is not just the, the large consumer good companies or manufacturers or household brands that, um, you know, so, sort of have a monopoly over a certain segment, right? So, you know, having more challenges in any category is always a good thing for the overall market, right? Because creates, um, you know, healthy competition creates more innovation. Uh, you know, uh, consumers get, get more, uh, you know, choices, um, you know, prices can be more competitive. So in, in general, I think it's it's good for the environment. So one, we feel it's a it's a step in the right direction. In India in particular, uh, like you rightly pointed out, uh, D2C has gained a lot of momentum in the last uh, two to three years, right? And of course, um, for a lot of, uh, you know, uh, uh, a lot of it also has to do with the pandemic, right? Because uh, the pandemic forced a lot of the e-commerce adoption on people who were not as internet savvy as before, right? Uh, so, the, in the Gen Z or the Gen X, uh, you know, the baby boomers, the general segment, right? That was not shopping online is done. Second is, you know, with UPI, with the last mile uh, fulfillment network, uh, you know, becoming much more robust in India uh, and in the developing markets, it just opens up a lot of these brands to a very large uh, disposable income or, dis you know, customer segment, which earlier did not have access to these brands, right? Um, 
you know you heard me saying that my you know i'm from uh, himachal a small town called chamba that's where i grew up right around 2 2 3 years ago amazon was not available there uh, so i remember growing up the only thing we could possibly look at was if we needed something which was nice so my father would travel to delhi and buy something for us right that was the only way for us to even get things like comics for that matter right because we just didn't have access to that in our small town but now today um, you know things have completely changed right you could be pretty much you know just logging on to any marketplace and get any brand that a uh, you know uh, you know somebody like you in a tier one city uh, across the world would get right so i think that that is the power of the democratization of commerce i think and d2c sits in the middle of it uh, of course there are challenges as well in in this community right it's uh, it's not all exciting and fancy because yes while it is a very lucrative space because of the barriers of entry are very low but the competition to grow is super high so i think that's what we always tell founders that uh, you know while you know a lot of people get excited to the segment uh, you know because it just looks very sexy you know from uh, looking uh, you know in but uh, growing a brand requires a you know a great deal of effort which brands and founders need to be aware of and need to be prepared for as well what are the different challenges that you have faced so far while building and growing this venture see there is one thing that uh, stays uh, constantly in the life of an entrepreneur is challenges right uh, you know and that's probably one of the reasons why a lot of people don't end up uh, you know taking the plunge and becoming entrepreneurs or you know launch their own brands or become founders mm-hmm. see while things like you know revenue uh, you know the right kind of customers uh, you know the runway you know some of those are very natural and very common uh, you know things right uh, you know the the product market fit all those great terms that we use uh, you know uh, in this uh, in this industry i think truly for me if you ask me right um, end of the day it all comes down to do you have believers uh in what you're doing right and those believers can be your team the core founding team or the core set of employees that you'll have those believers can be customers your early customers that will trust you and give you that word of confidence through their business it could also be investors right the early investors that a lot of brands need to you know go from zero to one so i think end of the day while uh, you know revenue is super important being profitable is important uh you know and having very sound business principles is important right because you see a lot of examples also where uh you know some great uh, you know uh, or brands launch with big fanfare huge uh, you know uh, you know marketing buzz but they are you know they are cash burning machines right right uh, to a certain extent and as the markets are evolving the world over you know at some point you have to show that you know uh this business model is meant to create profit and not just acquire the users at the cost of somebody else's money so i think end of the day so uh, you know it all comes down to do you have the believers uh in you whether it is your team your customers or in investors so i think that that would be the biggest challenge that one should be watching out for all the time i think one constant challenge for all the founders especially at the beginning stage is hiring how do you hire and that to you know Uh, when you are hiring a uh, core team which will uh, stay with you for a very longer term compared to the typical hiring that happens in corporates so okay. can you tell us how have you gone about hiring the core team for your venture yeah i think goes back to the same point i said right about believers because see end of the day uh, when you're starting something new you have not proven yourself right uh, you have a what you have at that point is a vision 
you have obviously a lot of commitment and passion to make that vision a reality. Uh, and then your ability to convince more people to you know get on the same bus as you right i think this is where the uh, you know the uh, the clarity of thought uh, in terms of what you're trying to do and having a very clear vision right see because any startup i don't see that there'll be a very clear path to get to your vision right it'll it'll go through a lot of ups and downs but having that clarity of where you're going now how you get there could be very different the roads to lead to the destination could vary depending on a lot of factors that you cannot control but as long as you know where you're headed, um, then getting more people to believe in you, uh, you know, could be a little more easier. So in our case, we've been blessed, uh, you know, given the uh, the time we've spent in the industry, uh, you know, we've had great teams between Dheeraj and I uh, that we work with our colleagues, uh, you know, a lot of peers uh, that we work with. And, um, you know, uh, we, uh, we feel blessed that, you know, this 20 odd people that I talked about, this core founding team happens to be those believers, right? Who have from day one, or in fact, day zero, they have uh, been completely, uh, you know, uh, on board with the vision, with the idea. And they are, they are a very critical part of, uh, you know, this bus that we are on right now, uh, you know, and this journey, uh, you know, trying to get to our vision. No, uh, as an entrepreneur, you are expected to stay energetic and driven all the time because you have to drive yourself, your venture and the team. Uh, can you tell us how do you manage to stay uh, consistent and energetic over time? And what happens when you lose your focus or you just feel tired and restless? That's, a, that's an interesting question. I, I don't think I have a magic answer for that. But I tell you, see, one is, uh, you know, one big change that I saw was when you're doing something that you really believe in, uh, somehow you'll magically you'll automatically get a lot of energy and passion and commitment to uh, you know to keep going at it right then you stop counting hours and minutes in terms of how much time you're spending the night versus days and all the right because it doesn't appear like a job anymore right it, it looks like you know it's a balance of fun and excitement that keeps you going so while you know that is true for each entrepreneur because they're very committed and attached to their idea <clears throat> but again, end of the day, I also feel that, you know, you need to balance out because uh, what you don't want to do is uh, that excitement and passion should not uh, lead to burnout, right? Because mm -hmm. when you start to burn out, your team will feel the same thing as well, right? So right. I think balancing out your commitment, uh, you know, uh, and passion with uh, taking some time off for yourself uh, and, you know, trying to put that time into something else you like other than building your brand is very important right now. It could be reading, exercise, meditate, sleep, or just, you know, watch movies, right? Um, you know, uh, some people just, you know, that's my way of, uh, you know, just start chilling out, by the way, just watch some good movies, uh, you know, read up a little bit more, spend time with family, or just do nothing. Sometimes I just do nothing. I think that's important. But having said that, there are times, right, when you're just not feeling in your zone, right? You just feel a little too tired, in, not in the right mindset to speak. And I think that's where the power of the team comes in, right? So I think uh, that way also, um, you know, between our core team, uh, we've been very lucky and blessed to have people who understand each other uh, in a way that very easily one can step in when the, some, you know, the other person for whatever reason cannot be there or cannot be actively involved, whether it's a personal or a health issue and all that, right? So that way we've been able to encounter that, um, you know, nicely so far. Of course, as you scale, uh, this problem is real uh, and we have to be very mindful of uh, the people, right? Because end of the day, 
while everyone's committed, everyone also has a life outside of work, right? So we have to be, you know, just respectful of that. What do you say is the meaning of entrepreneurship for you? How do you define the term entrepreneur? So, uh, see, when you look at uh, a person who's entrepreneur and a person who's not, right? Uh, I mean, if I look at it, see, end of the day, they both are dreamers. They both have some dreams and some ambition and some objectives in their life. I think the one thing that starts to separate an entrepreneur is a person who's able to look beyond the the obstacles that may come in achieving the journey and, you know, has the conviction to still set off on that path, right? Because, you know, um, I've talked to a couple of other friends since I took the plunge, right? And um, the one thing you start to actually uh, see, and I've been amazed is, is how many more people are sitting on the fence uh, and they've not been able to make a decision, right? And, and again, uh, not trying to generalize, right? Because everyone has a very different um, you know, situation, uh, you know, on personal work side, right? So obviously everybody's triggers are very different, but in general, you know, my uh, observation has been, uh, there is that fear of the unknown uh, that you just cannot convince yourself to get into, right? Because end of the day, uh, a job for a lot of people means clarity, right? Uh, that, okay, I'm going to get a paycheck at the end of the month, right? I'm going to get my bonus. You know, I, I may be promoted after two, three months or whatever, right? I can see a career plan in a certain company or in a certain industry. None of that exists in entrepreneurship, right? You have no idea, you know, how will you feed yourself after a month or another, right? There are runway issues. There are, uh, you know, issues with customers or investors, competition, right? Uh, you know, uh, you know, lot, so many people got impacted due to COVID in their businesses, right? So what if another big pandemic happens? What if this wave or this phase of COVID does not end, right? So there are a lot of questions out there. I think so end of the day, what defines an entrepreneur is someone who understands that, look, the world around me can change in many ways that I can control, but I have the resolve, I have the commitment, and I have the clarity that I'll keep at it, right? But again, not as a blind vision, uh, you know, having clarity is super important, right? You, you At any point of time, you, you should know what you're trying to achieve and where you're headed. Um, like I said earlier, right? The path to get there could be different. You may have to slow down, accelerate at times, depending on so many other factors. But as long as that's clear, I think that defines an entrepreneur for me. Probably my final question for you. Tell us about the lessons that you have learned throughout your entrepreneurial journey that uh, we can take away and apply to our ventures and possibly our lives as well. So, uh, see, uh, lessons right i've not been a tenured entrepreneur i would say but i've been in the industry for 20 plus years as well right so of course uh, uh, see one thing is uh, when i was even in the corporate world uh, i by the way i come from a family of entrepreneurs so my uh, roots you know are from business family so i've always looked at uh, anything that i've done right whether it was a corporate assignment in my earlier life or even now i've always uh, you know uh, I've always believed in operating or thinking like an owner, right? Even if I was in a job, right? Because the kind of uh, ownership uh, and conviction it gives you is very different when you look at something as if you own it versus that you are just, you know, uh, you know, uh, one small cog in the wheel, uh, you know, from that perspective. 
so i think that uh, mindset i think is very important right um, and you know this could be probably my advice to anybody out there right who's uh, either a founder themselves uh, running a company or maybe they're part of a larger corporate and you know uh, evaluating their options for the future that you know um, see are you thinking like an owner uh, you know, uh, because that can change your mindset about anything, and that can also prepare you very well if you want to become an entrepreneur or if you want to go down on your own, exploring your own journey. I think that's important. The second thing is, uh, you know, uh, I believe uh, the, you know, do things without a lot of intent of what is it, what's in it for me. Uh, you know, whether it is helping people, helping the community. Uh, we we call it connecting the dots, by the way, no pun intended in our case, right? Where, um, you know, I believe in good karma. If you do right things uh, without always thinking that, okay, if I do this, am I getting something back? You know, there is a way for nature to, uh, you know, give you back more when you don't expect it. And we personally have seen it coming, right? Uh, the kind of support we have received in .NET in the last one and a half years since we announced to the world that we were on our own has been tremendous, right? Uh, three years ago, I had not thought through that I'll be an entrepreneur, right? A lot of these things, while they have been a lifelong dream, but a lot of it manifested itself in a very interesting way at the beginning of the pandemic when we launched. And uh, since then, it is very, very humbling to see the kind of uh, support we've gotten. And again, uh, much of this support is coming from friends and advisors and well-wishers and partners that at some point we may have helped without a selfish interest, right? So I think, um, you know, if you keep doing the right things, uh, you know, uh, the universe will pay back in its own ways, right? So I think I would say keep connecting the dots. And third thing is, uh, like I said, uh, the team part, right? I think be uh, very, uh, I would say, uh, aware of who is with you in that journey, right? Whether it is your partner, your co-founder, whether it is your core team, or the, even the early investors or early uh, customers, right? Because I think making those choices uh, are very important because if you surround yourself with people that will push you to be better every day, uh, you know, uh, I, th I think it will help everyone, especially a young brand, right? Uh, so don't, uh, you know, don't have too many people who think like you or don't have too many people who just look up to you, uh, you know, to figure out what to do next because then very soon you may find yourself to be lonely. Right. Um, you know, looking, you know, at yourself to figure out what to do, right? So I think um, sometimes it can be a very tough choice uh, to have people with you who will question you in a in a very constructive way. But I think it is for benefit of the entire company and all of you, um, all of us, uh, you know, to have that kind of a team which is very constructive, uh, but also questioning the status quo all the time. Well, uh, on this note, I think we have come to end of this interesting discussion. Thanks for your time, Chandan, and best wishes for dot connect. No, uh, love connecting with you. And again, the only one thing I'd say is, uh, you know, uh, we believe a lot in giving back, uh, you know, as a team and personally for me as well. Uh, so if there's anybody, uh, you know, listening uh, who, you know, who think, you know, we could help in any way or I could personally help in their journey anyway, I'm I'm on LinkedIn, so they can they can always reach out. Thank you, Chandan. All right, thank you.